was trying to think of what noise a new makes, but I don't actually think they make a noise, do they? All things begin and end with new. Oh, I mean, God. if that if that game had like voices, I'd be very curious what it, what sounds a new yep. makes. Like the Lopperets, but helium balloons, and <laughs> I don't know. Why do I think that? It's definitely not what the blueberry looking things remind me of. Like, I want them all just to have like just completely different sounds. Like, I want one to talk like Orson Welles, and then another one. <laughs> What? It's just like weirdly, weirdly high pitched. I don't know, like just like you're like, oh, hey, what's this little goofy looking guy? And he has this like super serious, deep, rich voice. Yeah, who talks about like enslaving Megatron. Oh, jeez. Hello and welcome to episode 78 of Rhythm Encounter, the RPG Fan Music Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Salvato, and today we're talking about romance, or love, or at least something adjacent to one of those. We realized that a future episode of Rhythm Encounter was going to land right on Valentine's Day, so we figured it was the perfect topic. And I don't think we've ever done anything like this, so it's a good good time for it. Yeah, agape, arrows, yay! (laughs) <laughs> um, yeah, so, hello. Joining me today, as you just heard, is uh, three wonderful people. So first is Hilary Andriff. Hi. Um, I like randomly shouting Greek forms of love. Uh, good to see everybody. <laughs> that is true. That is true. That does sound like you. Also, Alana Hags, who is the one who thought of doing this episode in the first place. <laughs> yeah, which is ironic because I'm probably one of the most least romantic people I know. Um, but luckily, those three forms of love, Hillary, do make a very big appearance in a game we're going to be talking about today. Yay! So, so we're yeah. introducing it ahead of time. Yep, there you go. There's your first hint if you've not looked at the track list. Perfect foreshadowing, you two. Um, and, of course, Audra Bowling is here. On her first Rhythm Encounter appearance. Hello. Yay, great to have you. Oh, thank you. It's good to be here. Yeah, I'm excited about this one, which I probably always say, but it's only because I'm always excited. So everyone's doing okay today? Mm-hmm. We are. Uh, happy Valentine's to listeners. Yes. Fall goes oh, well. Yes. should be posting on Valentine's Day, so. You know, whatever that means to you, whether you're celebrating with someone, whether you're celebrating with a box of Oreos. Take um, care of yourselves too, please. Yes. Mm-hmm. Make lots of tea and coffee. Oh, yes. Coffee is good. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I did get some special Valentine's tea today, actually. It's red velvet tea, so it uses like dried beetroot, and it does taste like red velvet, so I'll have some of that on Valentine's Day, I think. Really? I wouldn't think that would taste like that. I heard that like proper old traditional red velvet actually was was it beet it was like vegetable based i know oh. that's where the red came from yep it would be beet yeah um, mm-hmm. you can have beetroot with chocolate anyway that's a normal thing and there you go now we're mm-hmm. talking about like aphrodisiac foods apparently so <laughs> oh i didn't know that's what made it romantic okay that's not the point i was making but, <laughs> but that's where it went <laughs> we, we were this is not the same thing but we were talking about that a little bit earlier because we recently learned that hearts of palm Pretty much tastes like lobster if you prepare them right. Oh. Things keep coming up today that like things that taste like other things and you wouldn't expect. Not aphrodisiac foods, just well, replacements. Well, we say that, but I've never looked up if Hearts of Palmer are an aphrodisiac. Maybe they are. <laughs> or lobster. <laughs> Maybe lobsters. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It was we a few months ago we made like these 
vegan lobster rolls and like the the vegan version quote unquote of lobsters hearts of palm which i never would have expected it's so strange i'd never would have guessed that if you season them properly like even the the canned ones they they taste weirdly like seafood and they even have sort of have the texture it's amazing wow i'll have to try they're kind of like the mushrooms for meat yeah Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. now i would not want to combine any of these i don't think i'd want to combine hearts of palm and beets and red velvet (laughs) no Mm-mm. Yeah, but you know, like fancy dinners are part of Valentine's, so we'll we'll go with that. Yeah, all right. Yeah. So I don't know where that I did not expect, plan for any of that conversation. <laughs> so I'm not sure how that leads into our first song, but I was going to somehow find a way to transition. Oh, wait, wait, I got it. Okay. So if music is the food of love, we can start discussing music. Yes. <laughs> okay. All right. Oh, that's pretty good. I'll take the I'll take the Shakespeare. <laughs> so yes, I I've got the first song. Which to me is the quintessential video game romance song. This is Theme of Love from Final Fantasy IV. One, why has this never been on the show before, ever? And two, this is the Distant Worlds version because it's definitely the most romantic version. It's a good choice. I'm actually surprised it's never been on the show either. Yeah, that's shocking. It's funny how much we say that. Like, how has this never been on? Like, whether it's a game or a song. (laughs) Why we've had over a thousand songs on the show. That's ridiculous. Every episode recently. (laughs) I know. Well, that's good. I like that everyone's like trying to really Mm -hmm. like dig in to find things, whether it's an obvious pick like this that was just never chosen or something just really offbeat. It was meant to be on the romance episode. Yes. It was was being, yeah. It was saving itself. Oh, dear. Um, Wow. (laughs) After that. I, I made this first block both like classic RPGs. So um, another one that surprisingly has never been on here is Chrono and Marl, A Distant Promise from Chrono Trigger. Um, the version we're going to hear is specifically from Epoch, a tribute album to Chrono Trigger that came out in 2019 or 2018, a few years ago. So let's go listen to Theme of Love from Final Fantasy IV and Chrono and Marl, A Distant Promise from Epoch, a tribute to Chrono Trigger.
Cecil of the Red Wings is many things, but he's no coward, not the Cecil I love. That's something that Rosa says pretty early on in Final Fantasy IV, and I think, well, most people associate Theme of Love as Rosa's theme as well. Um, but there's just something so rich about that song, even, and it's like SNES kind of MIDI chiptune style. Um, and I think it's one of the most rearranged Final Fantasy songs ever for a really good reason. Um, I said at the beginning, like, it was, it is the quintessential romance song to me, and it's still probably one of my favorite Final Fantasy songs ever just because it's so simple, but it manages to evoke so many different like feelings. And I think it really embodies romance and love for me pretty perfectly. Um, and I remember the first time I heard the Distance Worlds version, I thought like, well, this kind of like takes that really simple, like one minute loop, one minute 20 loop and stretches it out to five minutes in a really gorgeous way. Um, but particular reasons that I did pick Distant World version of the original version is I think that, I mean, for a simple reason, really, I think this is the most romantic version of the song, I would say. Um, I certainly think that because of how heavy the strings and the harp are together and how they crescendo up and down in sound and volume and they go down and they get quieter throughout, I think that really carries the mood of the song. Um but I also just think that like this is kind of I mean I think Theme of Love is one of those songs that a lot of people who like video games play at their wedding right and I think this is kind of the version I could see being played at somebody's wedding um, almost like a last dance song I suppose because um, I think that it's got a kind of melancholiness to it like I don't think that Theme of Love is a particularly like hopeful it, not to say it's not hopeful but like it's definitely a beautiful song in the way that it's about forlornness and lost love. I mean, Rosa's kind of in the middle of a love triangle throughout a lot of Final Fantasy IV. Like, Kane loves her, Cecil loves her, she loves Cecil. Um, but it kind of, like, captures all of that, like, uncertainty that she has about those two and their relationship together and their friendship. And obviously, you know, Kane and Cecil, like, for, for, for gentle terms, fall out. Um, just, you know, betrayal is just falling out at the end of the day, apparently. Um... <laughs> But I mean, Kane is Kane is obviously the bet pick. He's the bad boy. Come on! But like, um, I oh, you're a paladin, aren't you? That's mm. right. We are, we're taking this like. Is this not... where I share like the the cute little thing that I found in the DS version that I guess I now know Alana would appreciate? Go oh, on, oh, I want to hear it. Um, so. In the DS version, the 3D version, you can go in and you get like everybody's little thoughts at any given point. Oh, yeah. And when you first go to visit the dwarves, there's just this very telling and kind of funny bit where like if you look at Cecil, he's like, oh, we've got to get through here. We've got to find Golbez. We have to save the world. And then you go to Kane, and Kane's just like, it's really hot. I hope Rose is okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Okay. I remember right. that. Yeah. I remember and you're that like, oh, look, look who's concerned about Rose's well-being. <clears throat> I don't know how I'm supposed to feel about this. <laughs> I like Cecil a lot as well. I'm being oh, yeah. very mean. He's a very sweet, very gentle person who grows a lot. And he's definitely the most chivalric person. Chivalrous. Chivalrous. Or you can, yeah. Just, yeah, chivalrous. Let's use that word instead. It's um, more the more chivalrous version, um, character. Um, but yeah, I just think that this is the kind of song that you would pay it like a last dance. Like I just like I don't want to say it's a sad song because I do think, it, I, but it kind of like captures like that like the turbulence of love to a degree in a really beautiful way. Um, and I think my favorite part of this version 
is like at three, about 355, 56, where like all the instruments swell up together. It's kind of like that, you know, like that classic moment in a film where like they kiss and it's like the music gets louder. Everyone's like, yay, they kiss. That's amazing. Like it's kind of like that bit there. And it just makes me, kind of makes me tear up a little bit because I think it's really, really beautiful. But yeah, um, I love this version. And is that where the drums come in and start rolling? Because I think I had that. Yes. Too. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, it's so good. It really paints a picture and my notes were extremely similar just I definitely hmm, how to put it theme of love for me has always I think uncertainty is a good way of putting it there's always it's it's interesting because at least for me like love is an extremely powerful emotion but I have a hard time thinking of it as like something that's absolutely a hundred percent positive because you well yeah no there's there's a give and take with it, I think, is what I'm yeah. trying to say. And There's a lot to it. It's not just like... There's an ebb and flow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that's definitely what this song represents to me, the the way the melody comes in and out, and like the two sections, I think that melody just really, really embodies that. Um, yeah, this version as well changes up the arrangement about halfway through, doesn't mm-hmm. it? So it like adds in this new melody that you don't get in the original version and that's right like there's another, a little interlude yeah there's like an interlude there that's like another layer to this kind of like emotion exactly but it's sort of it what the song always makes me think of is you know i'm deeply in love with this person but guess what they're not here right now so i'm mm-hmm. feeling a little bit wistful and i miss them mm-hmm. and you know when that like dramatic like you described it, as the yay they kissed kind of moment when that comes back it's like yay they're back yeah Exactly. Yeah. My favorite kind of love songs are like <laughs> forlorn. Unfortunately. Well, fortunately or unfortunately, I'm not sure. Yeah, nothing wrong with that. No, I know. I'm just a I mean, sad person. More so if they have like a, a hopeful or happy, you know, resolution at some point. That's true, yeah. So, I mean me, I'm I'm a bit biased because I, I grew up with this game and this music. So, mm-hmm. you know, it, when we thought about this episode, this was probably the first song I thought of, and then you took it. Um <laughs> That's all I thought of. <laughs> no, I know it's fine. I mean, as long as it was on was on here at all, like I'm happy about it. Uh, you know what? What I always find interesting about it, like um, you know, even though I played Dragon Quest first, this was really the game that got me into RPGs. Mm-hmm. So me playing this as a ten year old, please don't do the math on that. Um, <laughs> when it was new, by the way, I didn't realize that having two care in. A Japanese RPG or probably just a video game in general, like having two of the main characters like in a relationship from the beginning, I didn't realize that was going to be such a rare thing. Right. And not even like, not even in a relationship, but like a little bit counter to that, like chivalric standard, like Rosa flat out is like, I'm gonna come to your room. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I'm like, oh, wow. Oh, okay. And then I don't know the next time I played a game where like that happened. And that's nothing against other games. I just thought that was a interesting thing that they were doing way back then. Um, I didn't know it was going to be a, a rarity, like moving on in other games. But um, but that's one of the things I always find really interesting about their relationship is that it's just not something that you usually see explored in that way in most RPGs. No, it's unusual, isn't it? Like even Final Fantasy is like often afraid to commit. I think Japanese RPGs are often afraid to commit. And I wonder if it's just because part of that is because you're role playing somebody else. So like you get romance options and things like that, or Mm -hmm. there's hints of something. And I'm looking at you, Tales series with your lack of (laughs) relationships. Like, oh, he might like this person or he might like this person. We're not just going to leave it vague. Yeah. Apart from maybe the new one, from what I've heard, but yeah. Oh yeah, I've 
I've heard some things about that one. I mean, you know, I, I guess the flip side is if you want, if you have something like Final Fantasy VIII, I guess. Um, <laughs> like, you want to explore, you want to see them grow together. Like, I understand that. Mm-hmm. So, like, you, you don't have that as much, but I think it's still an interesting thing to do it the other way around. Yeah, but definitely the Final Fantasy standard is, oh, I have secret feelings, and they may or may not be let out. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, he was only a dream. Um, <laughs> but, <laughs> part of it that I guess is a little more traditional is that, you know, of course, there are part, there is a part where she is kidnapped, of course, but I, I like that despite that, that, um, you know, Rosa is not just that NPC who's like, you know, has feelings where like, she's like one of the main characters. Like she's always in your yeah. party. So she's essential. Yeah. And so, she mm-hmm. is. She's, she's the healer. And I think it's really cute if, when you're going around the castle and as a similarly young, young, even younger, maybe girl, mm-hmm. when I was playing this game, I thought it was really cool. When I went around and I talked to the other white mage, she was like, yeah, Rosa's learning this to help you. I'm like, that's nice. They're building a life. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, also the song is pretty. Um, I, you guys all, you talked about the song enough. Like I, I of course, you know, I, I, was I love the, the song. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's so good. And then this, like everything you said about this particular version, I, I think that's a perfect reason to choose this one. I think so too. Yeah. yeah. One little tidbit I want to get in, which is not to do with love or anything, but did you know the theme of love is added to the official music textbook of sixth school grade in Japan? Like, learn it. It's wow, I didn't know. Yeah. I think it was the first piece of video game music that entered them. That, um, it is a pretty simple melody. Like, it's mm-hmm. very, you know, it's do, 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 do. Don't worry, I'm never going to sing that to anyone in my life. It's fine. Like, <laughs> my other half does not need to worry about that. But like, yeah, it, it's such a simple melody, but it's like I think it's the many arrangements I've shown over the years like it just captures that feeling of love so perfectly and like clasps it in its hand and it's like there you go this is this is the song about love that I think sums up the feeling for me most and bringing a full orchestra experience to it certainly makes it feel even more romantic oh boy yeah I've yes. cried I cried uh, when I went to see Distant Worlds they played this and I bawled my eyes Aww. out yeah. it makes it all the more powerful it would be a good wedding song although I would probably I would probably want to be weird and follow this up with like hello fat chocobo or something <laughs> that that's something you could dance to if you got the right arrangement <sighs> oh no dancing at any wedding in my life if i ever have one <laughs> no i can't believe i just said that out loud no i'm not dancing no well other Never. people might want to you don't have to that's fine everybody else can dance okay my first dance can be everybody else doing it i'll go off and have a gin in the corner <laughs> Can I, can I join you? That sounds pretty good. The, having gin and not dancing? Yeah. <laughs> I'll have to ask, but yeah, probably. Okay. Oh, did you did you have anything, Audra? Like I wasn't, I didn't want to talk over you. Oh no! I mean, I just find it a beautiful song that really captures love in a pretty realistic way. I think, in melodious way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. I played FF4 a little later on the DS, so I don't quite have as much nostalgia for the Rosa and Cecil relationship, but. It's pretty good. I think it's a very iconic love story. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, it is. Yeah. That version's really good as well. I debated bringing that one on as well. I mean, there's... I'm actually curious how many arrangements there's been. Do you mean the vocal DS version? Oh, I yes, almost... the 3D Ooh. one. Yeah, there was that one as well, isn't there? That's a really good one. Ooh, I haven't yeah. heard that in a while. Yeah. Anyway, there's a, yeah, there's a lot of good options. I mean, we... Uh, not that I was trying to sway Alana, but there was also a Final Fantasy IV album 
that came out just last year um, <laughs> with another new arrangement of the song, and it's also beautiful. So I bought that album for my partner, so there you go. Aww. Aww. So you really can't go wrong. There are many flavors of this song. Yeah. So. Oh, yeah, you can rhyme. <laughs> All right. Oh, no, we've, we've resorted to couplets already. Um. <laughs> <laughs> One sonnet coming. <laughs> um, all right. I, I'm going to say something really quickly about this next song before talking about the song, because part of it is no fun. But um, so this is from an album that was originally released under Materia Collective's uh, or Materia Community like brand. And um, we have a link to this in the show notes if you missed it, but back in November, because of some <clears throat> issues of maybe we don't need to pay our artists on our label, um, the, everything that was under that brand of Materia Collective was removed from storefronts. Um, so, of course, this album, unfortunately, was part of that. So however many 50, 60 people that contributed to this album um, at the moment of this recording, you cannot buy it mm. anywhere. Um, it's even tricky to find on YouTube outside of like one video with the whole album. Um, I'm hoping in the near future that the artists that were involved in this like re-upload it somewhere. And that process is starting for at least some of their community albums. But you know. yeah, I know uh, uh, Sean Chafiansky had some stuff on there and he's been re-uploading some stuff on his own band camp that was part of that. Um, I'm thinking something like this that was probably way more complicated yep. with this many artists. Oh, yeah. So I'm not sure how they're going to do it, but I would, I really want this to be available again to people because as far as like, you know, massive, you know, 30, 40, 50 people contributing to Chrono Trigger albums, um, which somehow there are multiple of those. Um, <laughs> this, this, is, this is one of the best out there. So mm-hmm. anyway, I guess, I guess the moral of the story is if you're going to run a label and like, have people like release music through you um pay your artists please um for a lot of reasons please pay your artists not just because music goes away like this but also because it's you know the right thing to do people um anyway all of that out of the way i adore this version of this song i've always liked the song you know chrono trigger is my favorite game or it's my favorite rpg don't ask me to choose a single favorite game of any (laughs) genre because i i don't think i can um and you know, this has also never been on the show before. And uh, I like the original. There's a few versions of this song in the game. You know, they're all more light. They have a lot of them have like a kind of a music box uh, sound to them. Um, but mm-hmm. I wanted uh, I knew there was a lot of versions. So I was going through many versions that I have. And I wanted something that was a little, you know, softer or slower that like kind of leaned in a little bit more to the romance angle. So and as I often do when listening to Chrono Trigger music in the last couple of years, I found something from Epoch. Um, but I like that it it takes the original song, it slows it down a little bit, it instrumentation, like it's just more a more peaceful version of that song. Um, it, it sounds, you know, it sounds totally different from the original because of the instrumentation, but the, the piano and the strings, it still has, conveys this warmth that maybe the original doesn't quite have. It sounds completely different from the original version and like other arrangements, like official and unofficial. But I like that the piano and the strings that like convey that warmth that uh, Chrono and Mara like feel for one another, or at least the warmth that Mara feels for our silent protagonist. But I, <laughs> I like to assume that he feels similar to her as well. It's like, you know, she did, she was instrumental in, you know, bringing him back to life. So I would imagine he has strong feelings for her too. Well, in the DS version. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
They do add a little extra scene with them. It's very sweet. Aww. Which one is that? The marriage scene where they actually get married. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, there you go. Then. Is that is that in the game or is that the the anime thing? The anime. It's the anime ending. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh yeah, that's in the PlayStation version as well, isn't it? If I remember rightly. Right. But yeah, no, that is super cute. Um, yeah, I'm. To jump in, when you said like a music box sound, yeah, many of the arrangements of this are like that. Um, I kind of think of the original as a little bit of a lullaby, like you're just waiting. Does this does this play around the time that you bring Krona back, or is it? It's, mm-hmm. It does. It's, it I does, looked it up because I was like, I'm pretty sure it does, but I better be right about that. Yeah, I'm gonna say I, this is my favorite RPG, but yes, yeah. it does play there. <laughs> I was pretty sure as well. I'm glad that you checked. Um, but yeah, it plays around that, and it's like you know, Molly, Mal or Molly, however you say it, is like she is waking Chrono up from this sleep. Which, funnily enough, like waking up from sleep is another theme in another song that we're going to talk about today. Um, but um, yeah, and this version as well, I think, just takes that lullaby element and like it, as you've said, Mike, like it, like completely recontextualizes it with the instrumentation. You know, it goes from just like that little music box twinkle to piano and violin um and it adds warmth to it but i think it still keeps this like gentle tone about it um there's still something very soothing and soft about it but it's a lot more powerful just because of the way these you know the piano the violin and the strings are all like very 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 strong common instruments but you're so used to hearing them they just like work together really really well here take that original melody and just go like just completely uplift it in a way that like it's still gentle like i said but like it's very reflective but in a warm way it's like the (laughs) original is like marl's looking back and thinking about everything that happened between her and chrono as if like don't fade away or anything like that this version is kind of like the version that would probably play after the end credits when they're thinking Mm -hmm. look at everything we did yep so yeah it's a lot more triumphant a lot a lot more Warm is a very good word. I think so. And I think a lot of that is like, it's really interesting because I was listening to the string part in this and I noticed it sounds a little bit electric or synthy, and but mm. it still provides like this really nice, warm foundation for the melody so that when the melody swells and you get the key change partway through, like it still sounds very kind of pastoral and warm. So I like, I like this version a lot. And Instrumentation-wise, it's definitely got some similarities with what they did with Theme of Love. I think it yes. sounds very cinematic, so I, I enjoyed it a lot. And I love the fade-out to piano at the end. Oh, it's a nice, too. soft yes. ending. This is the first time I've heard this song, this version of the song, and I really liked it. Well, if you'd like to buy the album... Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's such a fantastic album as well. Uh, like Chrono Trigger arrangements are always so common, and I'm, again, I'm like a little bit hit and miss on them. But this, I remember you shared it with me, Mike, and I listened to it. and I was like, "This is good." I was like, "This is really, really good." Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, this was one of the songs that stood out to me when I originally listened to it a couple of years ago. I, I will recommend, and I'll, I'll drop this one in the show notes too. That even though the availability of this album is kind of in flux right now, hopefully, uh, as far as I know, you can still get Chronicles of Time. Yes. I think there's some overlap in artists, and it's another huge, huge Chrono Trigger album that was the result of many, many people coming together. Um, and just all, it's every song in the game, many songs, like in multiple different versions, and there's rock and there's rap and all kinds of different takes on the music. So that one you can still get, and that is also fantastic. So And um, for the three people apparently that have not read it yet, 
Um, I also would, would recommend looking at Audra's recent review of Chrono Trigger <laughs> because she recently played the game for the first time and it's been uh, apparently a big hit with someone reading the site because that was, when was that? Like November? It was a while ago. It was the summer, wasn't it? Because it, was tw- mm-hmm. it was the 26th anniversary. Yeah, well, that's true. That's true. We did put it up on the anniversary. Well, I don't mm. know because sometime over the fall and the winter, like it just thousands and thousands of people have been reading that every week. So... Obviously, the game still resonates with people this many years later. It's a very good game. <laughs> I have one other little musical detail, and maybe I noticed this because I played cello for so long, but the beginning of this version of this song sounds a little bit like Pachelbel's Canon, a very popular wedding song. Ooh, huh. I guess this would also be... Should we just call this, like, wedding songs? <laughs> <laughs> Wedding song block. I, I don't know. Not I'm, all of what we picked would be wedding songs probably today. Well, it depends on the wedding because I'm pretty sure Alana's <laughs> next song will also be a potential wedding song. Oh, what? hang on a minute. Like I, I can see what? it. I mean, maybe. I don't I don't know how to answer that, but Ah, well wasn't it no. Anyway, all right. Let's let's uh let's jump into our next block here mm-hmm. with Audra and Alana. So Audra has our Oh, this is your first song of the episode, so what are we starting with? We'll be starting with Lucia's theme, the English version of it, actually, from um, Lunar 2 Eternal Blue Complete OST. And it is just a very pretty song with vocals by Jennifer Stigail. And I think our first Lunar 2 song on the show. Yay! (gasps) Wow. Yay! Staggering. Um, And then Alana has another popular wedding song. <laughs> this game's only been out for like two years. Um, well, not even that, like a year and a half. Or maybe it depends if you count the early access period. Um, so I've brought on Good Riddance from Hades. This is sung by Darren Corb and Ashley Barrett. And someone's giggling in the background. And it's definitely a love song. And I'll explain to you why. No, no, I know it is. I know it is. <laughs> Someone already explained Someone already explained it to me. Thank you very much. I knew somebody somebody in their Greek knew. Yeah. But listening to it and reading the lyrics, no. I mean, my first reaction when I just saw the title was like, oh boy, this is going to be interesting. But it, and it also, is. But it uh, works. It works. I'm, yeah. I was going to say, like, would you be surprised if I brought on something that was just like sod everything? Like, <laughs> No, I would not. Um, all right. Let's go listen to Lucia's theme and good riddance.
what I love about Lucia's theme is just the instrumentation for it, I think, is very pretty. It's more of an optimistic song, I feel, about love in general, which makes sense given that Lucia as a character was so... Her relationship with Hero is so important to her as far as character development goes, and it's probably one of my favorite relationships of that time frame for an RPG, just because of that. I mean, it's... She starts off so cold and distant and completely closed off from everything because she'd been alone for so long. And just having Hero in her life and learning to trust people and interact with them more just through talking with him and seeing the world through his eyes just really makes... It makes her just a kind of beautiful love story. And I feel like her theme really captures that sentiment. It's a little... I feel like it might be a little corny to an extent, but I kind of love that sense of it too. Oh yeah, I mean, I'm I'm totally I'm always fine with that. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that's Bo- definitely Lunar. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say that's Lunar to a T with the vocal songs, like the boat song as well is definitely <laughs> a little bit corny to it, definitely. The Lunar games have a very specific vocal signature, mm-hmm. like it's this very like kind of carefree, hopeful founding, sounding female voice in a lot of cases. Um, but the lyrics are also largely carefree and innocent. But there's always like a slight thing in the lyrics or a very slight thing in, implying, you know, that they're aware that they're being carefree innocent and they're like kind of choosing to be that way. Like in this one, it's the idea that she knows that they might be apart, but she's still completely embracing these feelings and because she's so mm-hmm. happy they've helped her grow, you know, and she's so happy in her enamored state, but she's still she's aware. She's in love, but she's aware of yeah. reality mm-hmm. too. Exactly. That kind of, and that's expressed really neatly in the vocal style, I think. Um, mm-hmm. And that's part of what makes Lunar so charming to me. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. I think it's, um, it's also, I, I looked up the lyrics a bit before we recorded, because I know in Silver Star Story, I know some of the song, the lyrics were, I mean, I think they're still true to the original, but I think they were, some of the details were rewritten a lot in Silver Star Story for the English one. And, and like, I don't, I don't mind that. I, I, I think it's interesting that there's basically two different versions of the song. They're sort of saying the same thing, but in just in really different ways. Um, um, I look at, and you know, we, I guess we could debate this if we want, but I was also looking at a comparison for this one, and I feel like this one is a little more true to the original. Yeah, the Eternal Rondo, I believe it's called. So that, that's one of the things I wanted to look up, because I know like Luna's boat song in the first game is, is a little bit different from the original, um, but this one is a little more... It captures the feel of it. Yeah, more. yeah, I think so too. So I thought that was interesting that they kind of, they went a different way for each of the two vocal songs here, so... Anyway, this, it's this a is a really good character theme for her. So yeah, this was really a good reminder that. Uh, well, actually, we we'd said this off the air, but this is actually only our second lunar song on the episode or on Rhythm Encounter. Um, and for me personally, it was a good reminder that I, I never finished the epilogue to this game, so I should go back and do that one day. <laughs> you should. I love the epilogue. Okay, that's see, that's the problem. Like I, I was like. I think I, I played the game and I loved it. And I just, I, in my head, I'm like, okay, this is it. I got to the end. And then I found the epilogue is however many hours it could be. And 
whatever I was doing at the time, I just I didn't get back <laughs> to it. But I always hear that it's like it's really important to play that. So it it has the story come full circle. Yeah. Ooh. Yes, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I've never played it. Oh, I, I have it, and it's on my list. Um, but I'm going to get to it at some point this year. Um, but yeah, having no idea what Lucy is like, or any of the characters are like Hero or anyone. And I'm glad you said that it was like cheesy because, like, it's kind of almost a 90s love ballad, isn't it? But like in a yes. real poppy kind of way, like a very <laughs> fresh eyed optimist. Like, like if a 16 year old who's just got their first boyfriend has like mm-hmm. written it as a love ballad, and I'm just like, oh, that's cute. Um, but there is a very um, strong awareness throughout the song that like she's happy that. She's happy that she's happy, right? And I think that we were saying earlier that love is a complicated thing, but damn, it just feels really good to be in love and actually <laughs> be There's an loved. innocence with it, too. Yeah, exactly. I think it's really... I think being in love and having someone love you is really, really special. And it does make you feel like that some days. Like, sometimes you're just like you know, all sparkly-eyed and all... We can you know, take on the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think that's a lyric in this, isn't it? It's certainly a lyric in another song later on, similarly, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like, the one line I really like in the song is um, there's magic in your smile. And I'm like, yeah, that's like, you know when you look at somebody and they smile at you, it's like, yep. I, you can do anything if you see someone that you care about a lot happy and mm-hmm. it doesn't even have to be love it can be platonic love it can be romantic love it can be just someone you care about um, <laughs> but yeah I just think that like the the song acknowledging that Lucia's feelings or Lucia acknowledging her feelings and being like yeah I'm in love I don't care I'm gonna tell everyone about it like that's just right. a really nice thing and there's that sort of underlying message in there about like being in love with someone strengthening those people yeah. it's it's definitely that kind of sense about love that can make you stronger if you feel it at least in some situations it's yeah. a very hopeful song i think mm-hmm. i think so too happy yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. which given that she was she's not a very particularly happy character in the beginning of the game it kind of just makes it all the more special in a way yeah, yeah i can definitely see that it's a sign of uh some really interesting growth growth and character development yeah. So, all right, Alana, find your segue here. <laughs> as, I mean, you like I said, like of all the songs on this episode, this was the one I had the most trouble placing in our <laughs> in our track list. So, take it away. <laughs> well, I mean, we were talking a lot there about like how two people can strengthen each other, and actually, that mm. is kind of what Good Riddance is about. So, Good Riddance is sung by Darren Corb and Ashley Barrett. Darren Corb is the lead musician and head of the music department of Supergiant Games. He has written the music for all four of Supergiant Games' games. Um, and Ashley Barrett has always been the lead female vocalist on all of their songs and my first pick would have been Paper Boats from Transistor it's the only other super, it's one of the only other Supergiant Games songs we've had on the show so oh no uh, yeah and so and then I was like hang on a minute can you like make Good Riddance work because for context Good Riddance is a song sung by Orpheus and Eurydice um and if you know your Greek myth, you know that Orpheus is a poet and a bard who fell in love with a woman called Eurydice. The two of them got married, and Hymen told them that their marriage was not to last. Um, 
Eurydice dies to a snake bite one day in the forest, and so Orpheus travels to the underworld to kind of bribe Hades to bring her back. And he charms Hades with his music and his poetry. And Hades is like, you can have her back and you can leave the underworld with her if you don't look back at her. Now, Orpheus fails to do that. He looks at her. So they're both kind of kept in the underworld. (laughs) And that is essentially what um, the video game Hades also does. It splits them apart. So Orpheus is imprisoned because he will not perform for Hades because he doesn't have his muse. And Hades wants him as the court musician. So he's like, nope, you can go in prison. Whereas Eurydice is kind of on uh, the river Phlegathon um, in Asphodelus or Asphodel. Um, and she is just cooking, she's singing away. So she's kind of living her life, but she's kind of bitter about it because her husband's like not come to save her or anything, or he gave up their chance of living on the surface and stuff like that. But she also acknowledges that she's kind of free and she's happy where she is. Um, so there are three versions of this song. The version we've played on this episode today is the version with both Orpheus, who is Darren Corb singing, and Eurydice, who's Ashley Barrett singing um, together. Um, the two other versions in the game are just one with Orpheus and one with Eurydice. And the lyrics are identical throughout. The instrumentation is identical throughout. Like it's just a slightly different pitch of it's not a guitar. I've actually got the name of the instrument here. It is a baglama, which is a Turkish lute. Um, Darren Korb had to buy a number of very strange instruments, um, Mediterranean awesome. instruments and European stringed instruments to get the feel and the sound he wanted out of um, the Hades soundtrack. Um, neat. So yeah, um, this is one of the very unusual ones that he's played. Um, but yeah, um, basically the individual versions of these songs kind of summarize how both characters feel about their relationship or their position at the time. So Eurydice's song is kind of more, you know, good riddance to all of those earthly ties kind of thing. I can do whatever I want down here. My husband doesn't care about me, so I'll just go on and do things how I want and things like that. Whereas Orpheus is kind of more, um, it's more like he's kind of giving up. He can't bear to be without his love. He knows that he'll never be back with her, but he still mourns and longs for her. So one of them's a lot more somber than the other, um, even if Eurydice kind of acknowledges her like, frustration and her anger the situation but as part of Hades there's a whole side quest where you have to reunite Orpheus and Eurydice and when you do that there's a chance you can hear them sing this song together and that's when it takes on an entirely different meaning because the lyrics kind of re again it's all the same lyrics it's all the same music the two different types of stringed instrument come together and when you hear them sing it together it's them saying good riddance to everything because all we need is each other and i think like one of the best things about these different versions is like orpheus's version on its own sounds like a little bit off key because darren corp sings in falsetto um on orpheus's version but like eurydice um is a much more like normal i'd say vocal i'm not really sure what the term is but it's definitely something that i'm more used to hearing um but like it just complements it perfectly like uplifts it a little bit so yeah it's like these two different versions come together to create this entirely unique version that is really hopeful and it is like you know what we don't need anything else we don't need earthly ties we don't need this we don't need that all we need is each other and we can live with just that basically so that's why i've picked good riddance because it's who needs anything when you've got the person you care about most in the world with you I'd agree with that's that. That's pretty good. That's yeah, really that's a, a good fantastic, sentiment. yeah, fantastic choice. And I, I love it when really like not 
I mean, it's even more special when a game can do it, but when you have a song and then different plot points sort of recontextualize the song to have completely different meanings. It's really neat when that's pulled off effectively, and it sounds like this is a really good example of that. I think so, yeah. And music's such a key part of Supergiant Games' like, like catalogue, and you know, Darren Korb's like so involved with the process. Like You only have to listen to any of the other vocal picks from any of the other games, and they just mm-hmm. all tie in so perfectly. And I think the other really neat and noteworthy thing about it is, you know, Orpheus is supposed to be like the greatest musician who ever lived and, mm-hmm. you know, basically moved Hades to tears, you know, just perfect at it. And I really like how in the version where they're singing together, Darren's actually kind of using his voice to support hers more than yeah. anything else. And I think that's what really uplifts it. So it's kind of neat to think about like this great musician using their talent in a supporting role. Yeah, well, he calls her his muse, doesn't he? And she's not technically a muse, but like, he's like saying like, I can't do anything without her. And Mm -hmm. then when she outlifts his voice, he like uses it to like make hers come out even more, basically. Mm -hmm. It's really neat to listen to. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And I need to play Hades. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I gotta, I gotta finish it. We were making pretty good progress for a while. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's one of those games that like you need to kind of play consistently for a while. I think if you pick it back up, you'll get back into it really quickly. But yeah, yeah, it's kind of amazing like what this game does with like that. There's multiple love stories, and as I said at the beginning, like you know, Hillary said um, mentioned Eros and um, the other types of love. Um, there are three romance relationships you can have in Hades, and each one of those represents one of the three Greek versions of love. Um, oh wow! So it's there's a lot of romance options in there like a lot of Hades's plot is about family um you've got um Patroclus and uh Achilles as well um their romances to get their their romance um, plays through you've got that entire subplot there um so yeah and it's definitely true that it's definitely not just like male beauty and stuff like that no they're in love they're in love don't worry um (laughs) but yeah, I think I think I love this just because there is kind of like this multi-layered bittersweetness to it. And like, you know, this is the only instrument is that Baglama. It's the only thing that plays throughout all of those versions. And mm-hmm. there's a somberness to it, but like also I think the stripped back the stripped back nature of that song kind of just adds to the meaning. Like, you know, we don't need hunger because we've got each other, or we don't need I can't think of anything else, like um good riddance to the thieves who stole everything of us because they didn't steal each other from you know us from one another you can't take us away from each other because we'll always be together kind of thing like it's just it's really beautiful in its own way it's mm-hmm. like it, it's I, ju- I just love how like the two versions are so different and then they come together and then this version's like perfect when i think that instrumentation kind of probably helps really get that you know recontextualization to come across because mm-hmm. you can focus on the context it's true absolutely yeah absolutely it's about the vocals i think hearing you talk about it and getting a little more context because i've not gotten to the point in the game where i heard this and knew quite as much um, about it i probably would have actually paired this with our next song because it's <laughs> the, that's another in a very different way another example of two people that really you know need and want to be with each other it is yeah um can i get one thing quickly in yeah. about hey um this yeah, yeah. or at least um it's not specifically about romance 
or anything, but like when they were releasing the soundtrack steadily, Darren Korb did a lot of like tutorial videos about how to like play some of the songs on di- on like actual normal instruments, like easily accessible instruments. Um, so I'd love to link um, the demonstration he does for Good Riddance on an acoustic guitar because um, I think it's really interesting. And he talks through like his writing process and also like talks about the Baglamer a little bit and how he uses that. But it's a really cool way of like, I, I I love how like passionate he is to share what he's done. Um, and also I just think that like, cause he's so involved. Cause obviously I said like Darren Corb also voices Hades, um, also voices Orpheus in the game. And he also voices Zagreus. So he like plays a number of different characters oh, in the game. That. So he's, he's like, he's so involved in the process that like, like I said earlier, like the music is so important to Supergiant Games' narrative, like especially like Transistor, because she's mm-hmm. a singer. <laughs> like it's right. yeah, it's so I love it. I love it. I love it. I love it. I think <laughs> Halloween Mediterranean prog rock, as he put it, for the Hades soundtrack is perfect. <laughs> That's what he describes it as. <laughs> nice. Um, yeah, let's definitely like you know, actually I was gonna say give me the link, but you can just put it in the show notes. So yeah, we'll definitely include that. All right. Um so the next song is actually one of mine. Um, I have one of the versions of Four River from To the Moon. This is uh, Four River, the piano. This is Sarah and Tommy's version. Um, That's all I'm going to say about it for now. But yes, so we have a To the Moon song. And then after that, Hillary has a song. Yep. So I brought the English promotional version of Ballad of the Windfish from the Link's Awakening remake. Yeah, not technically on an album somewhere, but a really... A really good find. So let's go listen to Four River and Ballad of the Windfish.
So, I learned on our little break here that I'm the only one on this episode that has played To the Moon. And anyone listening will know. And shout out to Solosu, who Solosi and I have many conversations about how I tend to not finish games and how many games he does finish. And my hat is off to you. So, I'm going to point out this is a rare time and it will probably never happen again where I am the <laughs> one of all the people. <laughs> on the panel that has actually finished a game when no one else has. Um, so let me have my moment. And while we're on that topic, <laughs> yes, um, some of these games have been on retro, yes? All three? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wait, actually, um, was there a board story? Yeah. yeah. Okay, yeah. So all of the games in this series have had retro encounter episodes, so I would, if you're interested, well, I would play the games first, but we do have Retro Encounter episodes of To the Moon and Finding Paradise and Bird Story. And, if you just, want some, and recently, Imposter Factory. If you want some partners in this emotional journey, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I don't want to talk about To the Moon too much, like not just for spoilers, but because I talked about it a little bit just in the last episode when we had, uh, was it Pat? Pat had the Imposter Factory song on. Yes. Um, so I won't rehash all of that. Uh, the short version is To the Moon is a beautiful game. It's a very short game, um, but just it tells this just lovely and heartbreaking and many other emotions uh, story um, about these people. And like the short version is just that there's there's this company that can, that can basically like let you relive your memories, like people who are like, getting ready to die so they can like relive parts of their life and see stuff like that boy it's been a while since i played but yeah um so the main characters are uh river and johnny and they are like the core of the game is their relationship and you know taking care of each other and just as you experience these memories you see like their lives together and how they met and how they grew together like through over you know years decades i guess um so uh Ken Gao, who is the, I don't think he's the sole developer anymore. Like I know he has some, he's made the main developer in all these games, but I know he gets, he has some people helping, but I think uh, To The Moon was mostly, mostly him. Like, so he, he makes the game, he wrote the game, he did all the music. Um, so this, this soundtrack is all Ken and he's just 
wonderful on the piano. Um, and I definitely think between To The Moon and now, like he's definitely improved and like he has more of a range than he, he ever has. Like he just keeps getting better over time. Um, but I don't want that to take away at all from To The Moon because what he did on To The Moon, like some of the, the main melodies, the character themes are just gorgeous. Um, so I'm like randomly going off the cuff here. I'm not even reading my notes for some reason. But um, so given the nature of the game and the relationship these characters have, which without even getting into details of like, you know, any details, um, the, if you listen to the music or play the game, like there's obviously a lot of uh, tear jerkers and there's some sad stuff here. And I guess this one is still sad, but it's a little more hopeful than some of the others. Um, and, you know, part of the reason the game has such like intensely sad and touching scenes and music is because you know it's just it all plays into how effective the game and the music is at conveying the love that these characters have for one another um it's it's really it's one of my favorite relationship stories in any game i think and um without trying i i didn't want to bring anyone down on this episode too much so i went with like i wanted something from this game but i tried to pick a lighter song um so i think it's it does have kind of a cheerful, like happy vibe to it, even though there is still some undertones of the, you know, the sadness. But I think that that works because like they are happy. They're happy. They, the life they've had and life they're having, um, even though it's like a sad moment when they're reflecting back on things. Right. Yeah. But like this is a song for River, right? And um, as far as I know, obviously, having not played the game, Sarah and Tommy's version, it means that that's the version that's played or sung or written or whatever by those characters correct um so sarah and tommy from what i know they both play piano anyway um so actually like i feel like the simple like because it's just a piano this piece like it really plays into the story almost like kids have like written it and i feel like kids and i don't know whether it is that but like kids remember like the best things about people don't like they mm. don't want to remember all the bad stuff and i think it's like a lot of people are scared about being forgotten and I think that, like, music is a really good way of remembering people. And I think this is, like, a really lovely, touching song about two kids or two people who have grown up, they can play the piano, they've met this person, and they've played this song or written this song about her, and it's just got this really nice, lovely warmth to it about someone who touched their lives in however big or small way that they did. Um, so I think... It is a lovely, lovely, lovely song. And it, yeah, it's like another example of like a piece of music that you don't have to apply to just like romantic love. It's like, you know, these two people who have gotten close to River or say, so obviously I'm doing this without playing the game. I don't know what their <laughs> relationship is, but like, you know, I would assume like because um, River's husband, Johnny, is probably going back through his memories because he wants to go to the moon. Like that's his one wish eventually to go and see his wife. Like... I I would imagine that like all these other people would get involved and he'd go and see them at the different times that they'd met them and you know I'm hypothesizing here essentially like I just see it as like it's one way of like remembering people like people will mourn people that they love but they will also like remember the best things about them um and I think that's what this piece is right like everyone does that in their own way. I think it's a really good message behind the song. Yeah, I'm I'm eyeing up to the moon every day and I'm like, one day I'll sit down and I'll just do it. Like it is probably the kind of game that I'd also go out of my way to make myself cry. All right. Well, no surprise that we were gonna have some super emotional stuff in this book. Yeah. So that is true of our last song. And that's true of this one. 
Um, so this is the English promotional music for the Link's Awakening remake. And I know several of us out there might have grown up with this game before the remake. Some of us might have just recently been introduced to it through the remake. Um, but there's a cute little story throughout the game. I don't want to spoil too much, but Link lands on Kohonan Island and, you know, has has a nice bond with um, the girl who finds him and wakes him up, Marin. And it's very cute to watch them throughout the game. Um, and so they really kind of capitalized on that specifically in this English version of Ballad of the Windfish, which is basically a song that Marin sings. And it's, it's key to the plot as well near the end. But basically it's her song. She sings it. Um, and this English version, basically, it's the one, there's also Korean and Japanese, but the English version is the one that has lyrics that are kind of from her perspective. And this is really hard to talk about without spoiling the game. <laughs> right. But <laughs> the fact that they did that and made it from her perspective, that last verse in the song, is a gut punch. Oh, oh yeah. 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 So it, wait, so the other ones aren't from her perspective? Nope. The other localizations? Uh, the other language versions, they speak a little bit more like figuratively about like pleasant imagery and dreams, but it's not so much centered around like Marin's experience. Interesting. It doesn't talk directly about like her being on the beach with him. Yeah. Which is one of the verses in, in this version, you know, she talks about being by the sea with Link and it's debatable whether Marin and Link like actually have a romantic relationship or if it counts, but they have a bond that's really difficult to deny. And it's just, a beautiful melody and i also wanted to bring this on because i wanted to call attention to the really cool instrumentation just throughout the entire remake they really really raised the bar and brought the music from this game boy game to life and i think they did that with the vocals in this too they're just really really beautiful i wasn't even really aware of the english vocal version actually ever right i might have heard yeah. it but yeah i guess i'm not as like, I haven't played this or the original, and I'm not, like, the biggest Zelda fan on Star. I'm a newbie Zelda fan. Oh, you are? <laughs> I have, yeah, I haven't played this one. What have you played? I'm slowly working on A Link to the Past. Oh, Ooh. nice. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah. It's a good one to start with. Definitely. So that's my first Zelda game. Okay. <laughs> well, assuming you like it, and I'm sure everyone's told you this already, but I would recommend A Link Between Worlds after, since it's the rare, like, direct sequel in the series. It does have fun. Yeah. Yeah. Also, really good. I would say I would say Link to the Past and Link's Awakening are my two favorites. Link to the Past is one of my favorites, for definite. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I don't. Well, I do know the co I do know the context because the song. If you listen to it and you put two and two together, it's a bit like, ah, oh, this is what Link's Awakening's about. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so I might dance around a bit of a spoiler here, but I think like the ending that you talked about, like the last couple of lyrics, are like the gut punch. It is like. Ooh, you know like if you think of me I'll fly and I think a lot of Marin's song and I think the part of it that really touched me is like she's basically saying if you think it it will be reality like however you <laughs> feel and whatever you see whatever you think you see or however you experience things if you think about it it will be real there's nothing less powerful about feelings and thoughts than there is about <laughs> physicality, right? Right, this may be a dream, but that doesn't mean it's not real to us. Exactly, yeah. It's important to, generally like a lesson that I've learned is like, it's important to believe in yourself and believe in what you think. And 
this is like one way of putting it like it's like saying like if you feel this way about this thing then you should you know you should acknowledge that and you should like take hold of it and they talk about like like one of the like really common images in like stories and things like that is like a lot of people like often hold people's hands like to feel that they're there kind of thing Mm -hmm. that's like one of the first things I did when I got to see my partner for the very first time like I was like I just kind of grabbed his hand and was like oh I was like oh okay this is real like (laughs) like um so those like those kinds of images are always a little bit like teary-eyed to me Um, right i've always loved ballad of the winged fish because i've heard it multiple times but like this lyric version is like unreal like it's so good um and you never hear this in the game it's just the promotional stuff yeah i know (laughs) what yeah (laughs) like I mean, the the version in the game is really pretty. Like, yep. the, oh, of course, yeah. Um, and there's but, like a but no vocals. And there's know? a really pretty instrumentation of it in the ending. But yeah, this this was just purely for promotional purposes. Yeah, the power of feelings, baby. That's right. The tagline for Link's Awakening 2019. Yeah, yeah I'm tempted to name. We don't have a name for this episode yet, so... <laughs> power of feelings, baby. I'm writing it down just in case. <laughs> um, just in case. And uh, I'm gonna get even more sappy for a minute. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Because I think it's important <laughs> to acknowledge that when picking songs for this episode and thinking about romantic songs in general, it's extremely subjective and it's going to be linked to your personal experience. And that is definitely the case for me with this song. So, yeah, another important reason why I picked it is because my partner and I played this remake uh, when we were driving custom cross country for him to move in with me so oh gosh yeah yes you would have done yep that's exactly when the game came out and we took turns in the car it was a lot of fun oh that's so sweet i love that i'm sure he had a lot of fun too (laughs) okay Uh, oh yeah i'm sure he did mike well she's like my partner i'm like i'm right here i know I'm pretty sure anyone listening to the show has figured this out by now, but you know, maybe if not. you didn't want to say that, you can cut that out. <laughs> no, it's fine. No, 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 it's it, it's fine. It's not it's not meant to be a secret. Um, I know that. Yeah, that's why I'm, I mentioned my name. So my name, the name of mine. <laughs> not yet. You haven't. Not in this episode. Nope. It's pretty obvious if you go listen to anything. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean that. Happy Valentine's Day! Thank you. <laughs> not not that anything about driving from Colorado to Massachusetts wasn't like it was quite an experience anyway. But that we, this game came out like one of my favorite Zelda games had a remake, which like I never and one of mine too. Happen. Yeah, like during yeah. that. Yeah, I mean it, it has a lot of sentimental value to me now mm. for more than one reason. You know, I've. Uh, oh. I've talked about this before somewhere on the show. I think we had a Link's Awakening song at some point, not too long ago. Um, or something that came up that I mentioned that, you know, this was one of the first games when I was a kid that actually made me cry. And it was for this spoiler reason that we're not talking about. I think if not for the remake, I would I would spoil yeah. it. But now that the game is technically yeah. current again, I don't want to talk about it. But, you know, th- there's something that happens, like, I don't know. It looked maybe past the midway point in the game where you understand what's going on. You understand what's actually going on just, with this island. It hits you and it just completely oh. changes what's going on with the game. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I love it. But yeah, and so like this song like had that effect on me anyway because of just the nature of the plot twist and what it means for everyone on the island and Marin especially. Um, and that's before it had lyrics. 
Um, I, I'm if I had heard this version way back then in 1993, 93, 94, um, poof, I would have been a mess. More of a mess. <laughs> it adds a layer to it. Yeah. Yeah. I would like to have seen a version of this, like this song back in 1993, maybe for like the DX um, re-release. Oh, oh with, yeah. Like, but with like Lunar style cutscenes, so you get like the 90s anime, like whole like cheesy vibe <laughs> yes. from it. That would oh, be so yeah. good. Yeah. Like just the, the instrumentation in this, in this version, just like it just nails that sense of like that longing and the vocalist, I don't even know if we know who, who the vocalist is on this, but she just really conveys this like kind of like dreamlike quality in the way she sings. And it's really, it's wistful the right word. It's breezy. Mm-hmm. It, I don't know, something, just the way she actually sings it. It's just really interesting. It's funny how like a lot of our songs are very much about reflection and mm-hmm. about like looking back, um, like looking back at things with somebody else, whether they're looking back with you or you're looking back at the life you had mm-hmm. with them. Like, right. that's very important, I think. Oh, wow. And in many these, cases, <laughs> these two songs really do go together. Mm-hmm. Okay. And yeah, and deciding, do. you know, that it's worth it, even if you have to be apart from the person or even if circumstances are right. unfavorable. So, um, also, one, la- one last thing I will say about something you said, Hillary. I don't know if it's debatable that they have a relationship. <laughs> okay. I mean, <laughs> you could say it's similar to Chrono Trigger because obviously, you know, Link doesn't talk, but Marin does. And it's like, it's. She obviously has. Marin's feelings are pretty feelings, clear. Yeah, but there's that's there's true. that one bit of dialogue. <laughs> one of my favorite little side things <laughs> of dialogue. It. You I know what I'm going to say? Yeah. Yes. I'm sorry. I'm going to mention this, but there is a part where Marin like follows you, like you can take her to this other village um, on the island, um, and they do it in this like really playful way where. Link picks Marin up as, as an he, item. As, as, as he's getting an item, <laughs> you because found Marin. You found Marin. Is this oh, your big yeah. chance? Okay. <gasps> oh. See, so Link has feelings too. Link um, has it's, feelings too. It's it's conveyed in like the goofiest possible way. Like I that they even thought to do that, and that they kept that in the remake. I'm very happy about that. Um, but yeah, it's cute. Um, I want to play that game again now. All right. Well, we have one more block. Um, Lately, we've been doing some episodes where I, the way we paired the songs together, I keep like repeating pairings, but I'm glad that that didn't happen this time. Like every pairing here has been a little bit different. Mm-hmm. So our our last block here, our last pairing is Hillary and Audra. So what are we starting with, Hillary? Um, we are starting with some Kingdom Hearts vocal music because why would we not have that on a romantic episode? And why have we not had any of Utada Ikaru's vocal stuff on rhythm yet. So we're starting with Hikari, the Planet B remix from the first oh, Kingdom Hearts game. Hikari, which is like one typo away from your name. <laughs> now that I'm seeing it in text. Yes. Well, it's two typos. Well, the I and the Y sound similar at least. I know. Okay. Pedantic. Sorry to go off topic. Yes. But one of my friends from OT school who, to be fair, is kind of definitely into anime and also games. Her phone kept auto-correcting my name to Hikari. Oh, well, see, there you go. Well, they are. <laughs> <laughs> Hikari's more amused than Hillary. Yes. <laughs> um, okay, so after that, Audra has our, our last song. Just a thousand words, the orchestra version from Final Fantasy X-2 International plus Last Mission OST. Ooh, I'm so excited about this. Yay. That's mm-hmm. maybe my favorite part of that game. Um, So let's go listen to Hikari, the Planet B remix and Thousand Words orchestra version. 
know that you're hiding things Using gentle words to shelter me Your words were like a dream But dreams could never fool me Not that easily
Yeah. So like I said, I think this song was meant for a romantic episode because these vocal tracks by Utada, I mean, they, they're perfect. They're really the heart of the series. And yeah. I love them all. And it was very hard to choose one. But I think this first one from the first game is an excellent choice because it just reminds me of full-blown kind of teen drama all in sort of like love on the dance floor because of the remix. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's it's completely getting kind of wrapped up in the feeling and I love it. It's, what did I say? I think in my notes I said the song's the musical equivalent of like waiting for a reply from your crush. <laughs> <laughs> Um, oh boy! It's true. Yep. yep. <laughs> so yep. there you go. Um, just I love the melody. It's so it's so catchy, and I appreciate this remix especially because there are a bunch of sound effects that are used to kind of give it like an underwater vibe that really intensifies the like okay, so much feeling. Um, so yeah, I love it a lot. Yeah, well, Planet B remix is my favorite version of this mm-hmm. song actually. Um, similarly to. Mike or someone was looking at the um, difference in the lyrics um, I, um, it was probably was it the Lunar song you yeah, look at the Japanese yeah. and the English yeah um, I did something similar with Hikari and uh, Simple and Clean because um, Utada Hikaru they have to write um, all of their lyrics in English and Japanese as well so it's a lot more work for them but they're not totally identical often <clears throat> um, so Hikari and Simple and Clean are pretty different and one of the things that I've always like because I'm more familiar with Simple and Clean obviously because yep. the version we got um, Simple and Clean is very much like you know um, it's very it, it's not like pushing away but like it feels like the singer is frustrated with something about the other person they're singing about whereas Hikari feels like the singer is more frustrated with themselves there's a lot of um, um, the translated lyrics um, talk a lot about the singer standing in the darkness being asleep and they see the light which hikari is japanese for light um like they and i guess again like we've had a couple of instances where like in lucia's theme funnily enough um you know that person in that song about hero um or lucia singing about hero um that's who she saw as her light kind of thing like it made her stronger and this is the singer here acknowledging that they basically they see this light and it's like the person that they love but they're struggling like there's like some kind of like frustration with herself um like her thoughts are like interfering with her life and things like that and i think that the remix in particular does a really good job of like capturing that because you say like it's like waiting from a cro- a text from your crush <laughs> it's also like it's it the dance number itself is pretty frantic and really mm-hmm. like panicky it's like there's something really like dramatic about it in a totally different way yep, like fast tempo slower, hmm yeah, it's definitely a really, really interesting. It's, I don't really think I can't again. I can't really think of anything quite like it beforehand. Like I remember the first time I played Kingdom Hearts, and this came out. I was like, "What's this? This is dance music kind of thing." Mm-hmm. I've never heard this before. Um, but yeah, like this is just another song that like goes through all the motions of a relationship. Like it talks about meeting family. It talks about like you looking back, and I think a lot of as it reaches the end of the song, like I think the singer decides to like. Do you know what? Stop worrying about all that stuff that's going to happen in the future. Um, mm-hmm. Think about now. Think about like the moment. Think about like just you and that other person. Um, so it's a really interesting pick, actually. Um, I think a lot more. I know there's like a narrative that runs through Utari Hikari's music, their lyrics, and um, 
they I know that oh my god what's the name of the last song it's not Don't Think Twice it's the other one um, Sanctuary for three no, no for Sanctuary three. and two right uh, yeah Don't Think Twice is Chikai? three there's another one Chikai yeah um, oh, right. Chikai when they wrote that there's a lot of a lot more stronger romantic feelings in that song mm-hmm. um, so it feels like a lot of the like the Kingdom Hearts narratives come to like its apex at that point and it's like Sora acknowledging his feelings for Kairi uh, at that point it just gets stronger and stronger and stronger as you go through the series I almost put Don't Think Twice on <laughs> <laughs> I like that too I, I liked what you said earlier too about how their music is like the heart of the series because I know when after Kingdom Hearts 3 was more or less really announced because it was rumors and stuff for so long that it took them a while to announce that Utada was doing the music, doing mm-hmm. any music for it. Cause at the time I think they were like on hiatus or something like that. There is really a doing lot music. that happened. Yeah. Yeah. So, so was, there was some uncertainty around yeah. that. And it was like, and just like, the, the response when everyone found out that it was going to be Utada. Like, yeah, it's, it's huge. Cause it's like, it was so long between the those two, you know, two and three, and mm-hmm. it's like okay, a lot has changed, but it's just it would just be too weird to to not have have them back doing the music on three. So I'm glad that happened, mm-hmm. and not just because both those songs on three are amazing. Not that that's what we have on the show today, but I wanted to talk about that anyway. Well, Hikari is, is the the root of all of that. That's true. That's true. <laughs> it is. Um, is it bad that when you were talk when you were talking about like you know waiting for your crush to get back to you, I I really want because I'm not I'm not a good enough artist for this, but I would like to ask Steph to draw artwork for this episode of like Sora on, 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 <laughs> on, on his bed on his bed with a with holding his phone and of course like a Mickey Mouse phone case, waiting for Riku to get back to him. <laughs> okay, so, so you do know that there's like Twitter in Kingdom Hearts three, don't you? Like there is a so I, there's I no it's Insta. Actually. It's an it, there's like an Instagram in Kingdom Hearts three, oh, and like the loading screens are all like pictures of the characters and they like write them and there's like hashtags and things like that at the right. bottom and it's like there we go. absolutely brilliant and there you go that's what he's doing he's like looking at his crush's insta going like damn damn Kyrie, why are you training with axel what are you doing you should, you should, you should come travel the world with me mm-hmm. i could show you the world <laughs> i was almost gonna start singing aladdin but i think disney would come for my throat there so they might anyway with having the song on here, so Uh-oh. we'll see. We just want to upload it to YouTube. Come fight me. Come fight me. <laughs> Come fight me, Disney might be a good name for this. <laughs> no, Happy no, Valentine's I don't, don't want to make it too obvious. Like they, they'll have to come and find this. Happy Valentine's Day. Someone's going to need to like cut this out. Like season to corporations, yeah, huge <laughs> corporations. <laughs> I won't say the full word, but there you go. Um, as for commentary on this actual song, I don't, I don't have a ton that you guys haven't already covered, but I've always liked this version, this remix. Um, I just like that it ups the tempo from the original. Even though I, I like the original, but I like the different like vibe you get in this one because of the faster tempo and the energy. And there is a really frantic energy to it. Yeah, I like the energy, and I, I, it's not like it's a huge, huge part of the song, but like the beginning and the ending, I think. I don't know. I don't know why I'm so like attracted to them. I like that weird, that little build up before it gets going. Mm-hmm. Um, and I really like, which I've, I've, that wasn't really new to me, but listening again, I, I think I honed in more on the ending of it. I like, like the last 30 seconds, the song just kind of like just drops away 
and it just has this like kind of contemplative like moment for the last mm -hmm. 30 seconds like after that like it lets you like sit back and relax a bit after your dance party <laughs> yeah <laughs> so and i think one other thing that's worth mentioning is that this was an existing single before yes. kingdom hearts mm. and it sort oh. of got adapted and remixed and integrated into you know the game yeah i will say that i don't think hikari or simple and clean fit kingdom hearts like narratively i know people have tried to make like the links um and obviously both the games are like you know the core relationship is about sora and kairi and riku and sora's feelings and that um mm -hmm. but like yeah it, it's i know like sanctuary and don't think twice and things like that they were more specifically written with the games in mind right but yeah this definitely fits it and i think what's really cool is like because hikari was its own thing like i think it's amazing how like if you listen to the orchestral version like how different it sounds at that slower pace with the lack of lyrics and how actually it does sound more flighty and more like romantic and then you've got this one that's a bit more like uncertain and like teenage love kind of thing and then you've got the normal version which is a little bit wistful and a little bit like worried but mm -hmm. it's very cool. A very versatile song. Mm. Yeah. Let's do Tata Hikari all over, a versatile person. I remember learning random trivia that they were studying biochemistry while doing some of this like early Kingdom Hearts era music. Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was I like, that is the coolest thing ever. Oh, uh, yeah. Anyway. You have one other thing that you wanted to share, right? Another link that we're going to put in the show notes. Oh, okay. Uh, so the original music video for Simple and Clean is Utada singing simple and clean while doing dishes yep which is just the funniest thing beautiful it's so adorable <laughs> i always thought that song sounded very kind of like you could sing it while you were doing dishes actually so, yeah we'll, we'll link that i mean it's obviously it's not like a current or new thing but i don't think any of us had ever seen it before nope. so it's it's fun it's fun yeah. yeah i i was definitely like amused and geeking out and going <laughs> utada's singing the dishes clean <laughs> um Oh, gosh. <laughs> if only we could really do that. <laughs> right. That'd be pretty nice. Yeah, that would be very, very fun. I don't know. I believe. This is some very powerful music. <laughs> <laughs> Which also brings us to our other song here, <gasps> Audra. Oh, okay. Well, a Thousand Words is it's a gorgeous song from Final Fantasy X-2. I believe that's how you say it. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I always, in my head, it's I always read it as X-2 for some reason, but mm -hmm. I know it's X-2. And I say tend to, but I read it as X. It's more about um, the character Len and her relationship with Shuyan, who's a major character in FF10 too. That they, I won't go into too much of because of spoilers. But Len, it's interesting. She's actually more of a minor character in the overall plot, but her storyline. There's a little bit of regret in it, and just reflecting on how she maybe didn't help the situation that Shuyin finds himself in later on, but she wants to actually fix that, especially now that things have kind of taken a turn. And it's just, it's a very powerful thing about her trying to convey her feelings to him and just reflecting on how she things had happened. And I picked the orchestra version just because I've seen some people level complaints that it's more of a pop song. And I think the orchestral instrumentation really helps kind of bring it to a new level, which I actually like it in both versions. But mm -hmm. I like both versions, too. I think this one definitely makes it sound a little bit more like kind of a classic ballad sort of love song. Mm -hmm. 
Um, Kodakumi did do the Japanese versions, and she also actually has English versions as well. Um, they're not the best, it's more Englishy, mm-hmm. is how I'd refer to it. So I like that they actually did do the Jade from Sweetbox versions. She does a good job with the lyrics and really conveys the emotions that they were trying to go for in the yeah, English turn. I love Kodakumi's voice so much. It's so yes. unique and distinctive, but I definitely listen to the Japanese version. Yeah, the, her Japanese version is excellent. Mm-hmm. I love that. It's The Eng- English ones are not, not her forte. <laughs> <laughs> but the Jade from Sweetbox, she does a good job with the vocals as well. And I just really think the orchestra version, which was only on international, it just it's a very powerful piece. It's a little softer, but also it's kind of hopeful at the same time. And just it has a lot of neat feeling and sentiment to it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of longing, I think. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of longing. There's like desperation's not the right word here, but like it's definitely like a clamoring. Because I think like the song, either from Len's perspective or from Yuna's perspective, um, you can oh, take that it. Is true. You can take it from both ways. And there's like a cutscene, and I think it was different in the original Japanese and the original English. Um, and I think it's the pop version. I think it's the one where they're, oh God, it's been a while since I've played Ten Two, but like there's one of the cutscenes where Yuna starts singing it and then Len like appears. And in the English yes. version, they sing it together. But in the Japanese version, Len takes over and it's just Len singing this. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know if it's the orchestral version or if it's the normal version, but it kind of changes the meaning a little bit. But like, there's moments in the song where it talks about being frustrated because um, I think one of the first lines is, um, you know, D- I know you lied to me. And you can take that as like either Tidus and Yuna or Shuyin and Len because obviously there's a war going on when Shuyin and Len are together um, mm-hmm. and she had to give up everything for that. And so that's why I think there's a lot of like frustration and a lot of like desperation about it because you know you're throwing like like there's a thousand words that are either unsaid or you can say them all at once or things like that and i think the song like goes through both of those scenarios like they can either protect you or cradle you or you know i've not said them for all this time now i'm gonna say them because i'm gonna regret everything if i don't say everything Mm -hmm. i feel about you and i think that's the same Regardless of which character you think it's yep. sung by, um, they yeah. both have so much unsaid because they never say "I love you" in Final Fantasy X. Like that's the thing, isn't it? I immediately thought of like the late game in Ten. Like there's mm-hmm. a verse in A Thousand Words that's like almost directly applicable to that. Like mm-hmm. you know where she's saying that he was hopeful and saying like "Wait for me, I'll write you letters," or "This yep. isn't the end," and she doesn't believe him. Kind of. Um, she doesn't want to, does she? Yeah. Yeah. But then, in this song, it's not too late. Yeah, it's, she can hopefully convey her feelings. Which I think is just, like, definitely top-tier kind of romantic, I don't know, song imagery. is just the idea in the chorus here. Like, the words are going to fly on silver wings and find you wherever you are. That's just very cute. And they'll hold you forever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hadn't heard this song for a few years, but like the minute I put it on, like I remembered the lyrics. It's one of those songs that I'm just like, oh yeah, I was like, here we go. And I was like singing it, and I was like, oh, this is really. I'm so glad that I remembered it. I was very happy with that because yeah, I think this is one of like the song at the Thunder Plains specifically is like my favorite part of Ten Two. It's just so powerful. Yeah, like it's like this song that's about these characters, these these feelings, these two people who've had these feelings. 
and they're using it to like bring the world together. I think that's really incredible. The power of love. And I like that we've talked a lot about like longing and uncertainty. And I like that we're ending on this note where yeah. the singer has had the uncertainty, definitely had the longing, but the ultimate message is like, now is now's the time. I'm singing. Here are the thousand words. <laughs> Here's my message for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I uh, I think for for a long time I tend to be. Actually, I think we have a few more people now, but uh, I still kind of support Ten Two as a good game, even though I know that's not a popular opinion, or at least parts of it. I like it. I <laughs> I know it's not. I don't know. I try not to compare it to Ten because I know it's trying to do something different mm-hmm. and. You know, I don't know. I never want to sound like an apologist for it, but my my take on the on the game is always that I didn't, I wouldn't have really wanted sequel to basically be the same kind of game. I wouldn't have wanted it to be just another traditional like save the world. Oh, actually, there's this other thing because I feel like it would have been way too much of a oh yeah, we're just doing this again. Like I think it was the right call to do something more or less lighter and just a different tone. It's- kind of made sense from an after like kind of the aftermath of yeah the events of 10 but i also know that like you know some of the side characters in 10 2 are questionable <laughs> you, do you mean you don't like nuji wooji mike no <laughs> I, actually no you know what i don't remember nuge oh wow outside That's of a... his name and his hair i don't remember I was say, that, that character design is once you see it it's kind of burned into your brain so it's <laughs> impressive yeah yeah and then, like that says a lot because it, it, when you think of like weird hair in final fantasy 10 for a while it was it was seymour but no oh, like boy. nuge is like i'm gonna do i'm gonna out outdo this guy <laughs> i um, gotcha yeah i gotcha seymour. so like there's there's some stuff i'm not sure about and even even some of the music is well, I won't talk about the Chocobo theme as much as I want to. <laughs> um, but the the battle system, the dress sphere, the job yeah. system, all of that I adore. And then mm-hmm. this song, mm-hmm. I think between yeah. between the gameplay of the of that and this song specifically, um, I think those are definitely my high points of the game because I've always adored this song. It's so funny. That's what you hear. Like when a lot of people talk about this game, they're like, I don't want to admit how much I like that song. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Or yeah, Universally. On the game, but that song is good. I, I actually thought it was kind of interesting. Like, I'm not totally surprised. Like uh, something you said, Audra, about how people weren't super down with the original version, like being pop song or whatever. And I don't yeah. know if that's just because it's a pop song in Final Fantasy, which um, also was a thing way before 10 too. Yeah. But also like she's, yeah. Len is literally like a pop star idol or whatever she is. Like, why wouldn't she be singing a pop song? <laughs> That's kind of the point. That's her job. And I don't, I don't remember like the details enough. I'm not, not sure if it's like really talked about, but I'm like, I don't imagine during the events of the first game that, uh, pop singers or entertainment or the thing even existed um because i don't think it would have made sense that people would even be like you know have that kind of entertainment or do that kind of i don't know i don't know i i feel like that's kind of something that came up because of what happened in the first game and like that's something that people can do and have now and like it's a different aspect of the world so at least that's how i've always seen we it we need more stuff to do and we don't want just yeah. football <laughs> yeah oh, i mean God. they had like Shalind- Shalinda was a newscaster and mm-hmm. they did a whole bunch of different things that you didn't really see in the first game yeah that's true yeah i'm, I'm definitely i definitely support having something to do besides blitzball <laughs> oh no this is you oh god yes no, i'm one of those i don't yeah you're I don't, wrong i don't go for blitzball i i just can't 
you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I'm not saying you're it. Welcome. You can't enjoy it. I'm just saying it's not. I for know. Me. I know. I love Bullets Ball. <laughs> I I don't. I think the the one I hate is Fearbreaker in Ten Two. <laughs> I hate that mini game. I don't even it's remember it. It's the coins. Um. Uh, I don't remember specifics, but yeah, it, especially if you're trying to get the perfect ending, you've got to do a lot of different things. It's very particular. Um, and you have to do a lot of that as well. And I'm like, mm, do you know, I'll just YouTube it. And then I YouTube it and I'm disappointed anyway. So yeah. <laughs> I'm with you. I, I I actually quite like 10 to tonally. I think it's a, the perfect thing to do was to go in the complete opposite direction. Yep. Um, and I love the dress spheres. I love the combat, but yeah, the story is not, for me and the characters most of them i like pain <laughs> yeah and i know you it. do Pain's pretty cool. you mean the character ah ha ha you made a funny i, I think i liked more what they did with some of the returning characters than i did the the new people some of them yeah but this song is like untouchable yes <laughs> yeah, it's true. yes that's really the key here oh boy all right Boy, that that episode went more places than I I thought it would when we started talking about it. But I'm I'm happy with that. Had some range. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Had some uh, real emotion there, didn't we? <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um. So thank you. I'm gonna thank you all at the very end. But I'm gonna thank you now too for like bringing such interesting and diverse songs on here. This was a lot of fun. Mm, I had a lot of fun. Thank you. Hopefully, I'll feel more talkative in next ones. Oh, you were fine. Oh, you're great. Okay. <laughs> so coming next. Ooh, I'm not sure if I should tell about the about episode 81 yet. We'll see. Um, <laughs> oh boy. Yeah. So oh. we haven't done a we haven't done a composer episode in a while. So in a couple of weeks, our next episode is going to be a composer episode for, about uh, Kumi Tanioka, who's known oh. for her contributions to Final Fantasy XI and Crystal Chronicles and whatever else we bring on. We haven't picked all of our songs yet, but um, I'm looking forward to that one. It's something we've wanted to do an episode on her music for a while now. So I think that's going to be a fun one. Um, after that, crossing my fingers, as long as the pixel remaster for Final <laughs> Fantasy VI does not get delayed again, our plan in mid-March is to do an episode on all six pixel remaster games. Um, whether we'll have something from every one of the six games, we don't know, but we at least want to wait till six is out because it's probably likely that there will be a song from six on there. Who's going to get it though? We're going to have a scrap over it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, yeah. Have to fight, the, fight each other. Triple triad or blitz ball. I don't one? like neither. Oh no. Um, I don't <laughs> like to pull rank, but if I absolutely have to. <laughs> oh no. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see what happens there. All right. You know, I wouldn't do that. It's fine. I guess I did play it last. No, I didn't play it last. Actually. That's not true. But <laughs> It's all right. But anyway, yeah, so that'll be in mid-March. Um, we're doing something uh, at the end of March that's going to be really near April Fool's Day, and that's all I'm going to say about it for now. Mm-hmm. So uh, please look forward to that. Fun. It's going to be oh, interesting. <laughs> um, so if you have thoughts about this episode, uh, you want to reach out, you can reach the show at music at rpgfan.com. So let us know what you think about any of our picks or if you have recommendations or topic ideas or, you know, whatever you want to tell us. If you want to tell me I brought the wrong Mutata Hikaru song on. No. <laughs> no. 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 The there, right there one. Is, There's there. no wrong Mutata Hikaru song. Yeah. <laughs> yes. No, don't don't tell us that. No, um, please don't. It was a joke. Yeah. <laughs> um, remember that the episode track list is on, depending on where you're listening, it's either on RPGFan.com mm-hmm. or... You can get to it through your podcast player. We always include a link to the track list and 
links to our reviews. We have reviews of most of these uh, Yay. albums and soundtracks. Uh, places to buy, at least for the things that are still available. I'm pretty sure there's no way of buying the Lunar 2 soundtrack anymore. Or the promotional yeah. song from yeah. Link's Awakening. Or oh. Link's Awakening. Or <sighs> but you can, you can get the Link's Awakening soundtrack, which is notable. Because there was never a soundtrack mm. released for the Game Boy game. And what they released for the remake is excellent. Yeah. The the new soundtrack has the original Game Boy soundtrack and the remake. So it's a really complete package. Um, if you want to reach me specifically, not the show, you can email me at mike at rpgfan.com. And if you want to contact Hillary, what can people do? <laughs> Discord's the simplest way. I'm EP Fire there. And Alana. Uh, you can find me on Twitter as Alana Hagues or Discord as Alana. Perfect. And how about you, Audra? You can email me at AudraB at RPGFan.com. Perfect. I am a hermit. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Uh, if you enjoyed this show, actually, whether or not you did, I'm still going to plug our other shows. Uh, be sure to check out RPG Fan's other podcasts. We have Random Encounter, our bi-weekly show that runs opposite of Rhythm Encounter on Mondays about current goings on, uh, other features on RPG Fan. Um, our last episode was mostly about uh, Pokemon Legends Arceus, which every single person I know who's playing it has told me that it's quite an experience. So definitely check that episode out. Um, Retro Encounter is our other major show that comes out every Thursday. Uh, recently, we've had some episodes of Skies of Arcadia, which I really need to go and go and listen to because our most prolific Skies of Arcadia person hosted <laughs> those episodes, and I'm sure she, she was fantastic. She was. Yeah. See, I was right. I did okay. Yeah. So yeah, check out our other shows. We're on social media. We're on Twitch. We're you know all over the place. Um, if you enjoyed the show, please give us a review on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts. Uh, you know, listen on Spotify, like whatever you can do to support us. Like we appreciate it. So, and we're going to close out today as we always do with a bonus track. And since this was Audra's very first episode, we decided to let her pick the bonus track. So what are we hey. doing today? Well, it's a track from, by Trio Dust from the Opus Echo of Star Song OST. Hmm. It's called, um, if it's with you, then I would love to see it. And I really think it just, it captures that tentative first thing of getting to know someone and starting to bond and really caring for them. Aww. So it's like, it's tender and hopeful and soft. Perfect. And I just love the way the instrumentation changes over the course of the song itself. All right. Well, that sounds like a perfect uh, fit for this episode then. Wonderful. And you, you really liked that game, as I recall, right? Yes, I love that game. Yeah. It was very good. Cool. Very good narrative adventure. All awesome. right. So we're going to close out with that. And uh, again, thank you everyone for listening and thank the three of you for being here. So, thank you. Yeah. Thank, thank you. you. All right. We will fun. see everyone next time. Bye. Yay, bye. 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 bye.
like my stuff, I never say anything interesting. And if it's me hosting, people just take the piss out of my accent for 20 minutes. So it's like... I wouldn't say you never say anything interesting, just rarely. Oh, I feel like coming. I felt it. It's fire. Don't worry. I've been fiery all weekend. So you, eh. think, you, can, you think you can hold up against me. It's fine. It, the thing is, though, if I had just gone what I really feel and complimented you, you'd be, you, you would deny it. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So right I have to, yeah, I have to go the other way. Yeah. I don't, don't worry. I understand. I get it. 